What's going on, everybody? This is Sir Dr. JM reporting in for another episode of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, you might be noticing this is the second episode of the week. Of course, that's because I was slow to record and post the previous one. And I didn't think I would get around to doing another one this week. However, looking at the amount of news that's been going on, I figured I ought to record another one. So call this your bonus episode for this week. Hopefully this will actually get me in the habit of recording on a regular schedule again. Because today is Thursday. So if I start recording on Thursdays, then I should be able to post around Friday. Get it out before the next week's games and everything. And we can go from there. Now, if you're new around here, as I mentioned, this is an Overwatch podcast where we cover everything going on in Overwatch. So typically speaking, we'll start with a news section where we go through the latest news stories. We'll then move on to an OWL recap where we look at the previous week's matches in the Overwatch League. And finally, we will look at the upcoming week in the Overwatch League. Now, I might skip over a section or two there just because of the episode that released just a couple days ago. However, I think we'll move on to the news as soon as I mention that you can get this podcast on Apple Podcast Services. And you can probably find it other places for now. I know I use a different third-party app that must tie into Apple Podcasts and I get it there. But give it a search. Just search for One Man Watchpoint and hopefully you'll find me. Once again, I'm your host, Sir Dr. J.M., so let's dive into the news. Now, our first news story is actually a bit of missed news from my previous episode, which I recorded right after the Overwatch League games ended on Sunday, and I even stuck around for the post-show to see who the hero bands would be, and then I forgot to talk about them in the episode. So, I'm going to bring it to you right here. So, as we all saw on the Watchpoint post-game, post-show, whatever you want to call it, um... So as Kat actually picked the band characters for the Overwatch League for the upcoming week. And it looked something like this. On the tank side, they had Wrecking Ball. On the support side, they had Brig Band. And on the DPS side, we saw McCree getting the axe once again. And we also finally saw May getting cut. So this will be interesting. Um... First, I'll start uh, start by looking at the tank line. Without Wrecking Ball in the tank line, it'll be interesting because when you have an overtime or when you have a need to rush to the point as a match comes to the end, um, you obviously won't have that uh, more speedy uh, tank character who can get in there quickly and who can also manage to dodge quite a bit of incoming damage, um, as you could with Wrecking Ball. You know, you could always use... Maybe Diva, I guess, because she has her, her rocket blaster thing. Um, or even Winston with his jetpack. But nobody can quite get there, I think, as quick as Wrecking Ball. And then, like I say, Wrecking Ball, you know, uses his tether to latch onto the point and spins around it a bunch, keeping him alive a couple extra seconds. But uh, I don't think any other character really has that much versatility in terms of, purely in terms of, you know, gusto. So that'll be interesting. Um, other than that, I mean, we don't see Wrecking Ball played too, too much. Maybe in dive comps, um, along with a Winston or something like that, because he can, again, launch himself into a point or whatever like that. But I think for the most part, we'll probably see a lot of Ryan returning, um, as well as a lot of, uh, or not a lot, but 
an, a fair amount of Varisa Sigma, that kind of thing, um, Rhine Sigma, whatever you you want to do there. So that'll be interesting, but obviously not the most exciting. Um, Brig on the support side, again, less of a, an impact, just because I think tech, uh, in most cases, teams had really been gravitating towards um, either Lucio Moira or uh, Lucio Ana, um, something like that. And with Lucio coming back into the mix this next week, um, I think that you won't see Brig too, too much. Now, one thing that was interesting is Brig was getting played quite a bit because her armor packs loaded onto a Tracer could really help Tracer get a lot more uh, versatility and, and a lot more strength going into the back line to break up a fight kind of thing. However, with Brig being out, we might not see so much Tracer at the same time. We also have, as I mentioned, McCree and May dropping out, which also may mean that teams want to gravitate towards Tracer. So who knows? We might see a bit of a balance there. I would I would probably assume we'll still see a bit of Tracer, but not as much. However, you know, again, with McCree not being available, Tracer might be uh, an appealing, appealing option. So who knows there? Um, moving on to the DPS, which I'm already starting to talk about a little bit. McCree being pulled again is not surprising because I think he's a favorite nowadays, which is so funny because prior to the season, I was talking about how we didn't see McCree that often, but uh, I always enjoy seeing him him popping heads and everything. I think we'll probably see a bit of Hanzo, a bit of Widowmaker coming back as well. Um, so McCree, Hanzo, Widow was a pretty... were three that are, I think, often played there. So having no McCree, we'll probably see a lot of subs for Hanzo, um, that kind of thing. And then on top of that, with May finally being out, I think everyone's happy to see that because as we all know, May is a cancer, but it'll be interesting because a lot of teams definitely do play May. She's got some great crowd control and she's got some great uh, sort of stutter abilities that really hamper things and can slow down a team, especially with her blizzard. Um, her ult can really change the tide of a battle. So not having May and that blizzard in there is I think going to make a, a pretty big difference. Um, you know, a good blizzard could really change things as well as, um, even just her, her sort of charge attack, her alternate fire there with the icicles can, you know, pick off heads really well. So it'll be, it's a pretty big deal that we're finally not going to have May in the mix and looking at, you know, again, looking at the tank and support that are not going to be in the mix as well. I don't think they would have affected May play that much. I think we still would have seen a fair amount of May. So not having Wrecking Ball, not having Brig, and not having May should change things up, I think, uh, I think for the better. It should, should make for some interesting matches, that's for sure. Now, moving on to the next story. The second story I brought up here is, of course, the Overwatch April Fool's prank. Now, as I'm sure you've seen already, because, you know, recording this, it is April 2nd, so... Yesterday was April Fool's Day, and I think a lot of companies definitely dialed it back because of everything going on in the world. Not necessarily the best time to be, uh, you know, cracking too many jokes, but I think this one uh, struck a nice balance of just something kind of goofy, kind of cute that uh, would definitely kind of make the rounds on the internet and everything. So if you haven't seen, I strongly encourage you to go out and look for it because Overwatch added uh, googly eyes to every character in the game. And I, I know it's being found more and more places. Um, I was watching a, a stream, I think it was one of the San Francisco Shock Ands maybe, and he was on uh, Rialto and he was actually in the in the canal in one of the gondolas and the, the Omnic that floats along 
in the the gondola actually had googly eyes as well so pretty funny stuff to see that i know bob has googly eyes and i, I know i also saw a gif of um Farah's, um her suit of armor skin where she, uh, she doesn't actually have a head it's just a, a floating sort of helmet and in the in the victory whatever you call it victory I don't know, cutscene thing where she takes off the helmet and holds it on her side. There's actually a pair of floating googly eyes. So pretty funny stuff there. Um, I think it was definitely, you know, not in bad taste to do that. I think it was a, a tactful way to to kind of have something out there that was interesting that, you know, gave lots of people a laugh. So I definitely encourage people to go out there and look at the screenshots and everything, even in uh, even in the training mode, the little robots that float around and you can kill and everything have two googly eyes on the sides of their uh, blaster thing. So pretty funny stuff. Um, good stuff for sure. Now, next news story is actually a big uh, heavy hitter and one of the reasons why I wanted to record another episode. So I'm going to pull this article up from .esports. It is posted by Liz Richardson. And it reads like this. All 2020 Overwatch League live events canceled. All live events for the Overwatch League will be canceled for the remainder of the 2020 season due to the continued threat of COVID-19, the league announced today. Live events were already canceled through May 1st, and the league has moved to an online tournament model to continue competition. Quote, Given the ongoing global health situation and in discussion with all our teams, we are officially shifting the remaining regular season homestand events for weeks 14 to 27 to a fully online competition and broadcast format, end quote, the Overwatch League said. Now, go give uh, this article a read on .esports.com because I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But after that little snippet, I think that says everything we need to know. Um... The, the Overwatch League, basically, I think they made the right call, ultimately. I think, you know, um, especially if you look at the United States, there's a lot of controversy going on right now there because their president isn't necessarily taking things as seriously as he should be, which may be the understatement of the year. Um, and a lot of countries are, you know, have obviously been struggling with this. Obviously, the league has already been largely affected by it, as have most esports competitions. Um, you know, even outside of Activision Blizzard ones like uh, the Call of Duty League. I know LCS and, and uh, Riot's um, League of Legends leagues have all moved to online formats and been, a lot of matches have been canceled and things like that. So ultimately, I think they made the right call, especially because at this point, we've already missed so many matches, so many games, and teams are up and, you know, entirely relocating, as I reported on last episode, um, you know, with teams like London, the London Spitfire and the Vancouver Titans moving their entire base of operations back to Korea because most of their players are from there and don't ne can't necessarily be outside of their country during this. Um, I think the league is making the right call. You know, it'll definitely change things a little bit when it comes to matchups because um, of time differences and everything like that. It it definitely is a bit of a, um, I, don't, I don't know what you call it, a hampering. It, it limits things when, when you can't necessarily have a team in Korea playing a team in the States because one team would be playing at 4 a.m. while the other would be playing at whatever it is, 4 in the afternoon. But hopefully they figure out some solution for that where where teams can still continue to play each other i especially hope that we can still see our vancouver titans play from korea because i'll be very upset if we can't so moving right along to the next story um the next story actually a bit of a lighter one 
as I talked about, I think, two episodes ago, um, Echo, the newest character to Overwatch, um, has had an update on the PTR. And as reported on .esports.com by Tyler Esguera, Blizzard releases Echo's skins on the Overwatch PTR. So I'm just going to go through his breakdown of them because he does quite a good job. So he writes, basic skins. Echo's basic skin recolors are subtle and have a pastel theme around them. Her durian skin is a green color of her usual white outer shell, while Marina is a light purple recolor, Papaya is an orange recolor, and Vanda is a light pink recolor. All of these skins sit at the 75 gold mark. Epic skins. This rapidly evolving robot has two skins at the epic skin tier, and they look pretty good. First, she has a carbon fiber skin that many of Overwatch's other heroes have. Orisa, Zenyatta, Diva, Genji, Brigitte, Doomfist, and Farah all have a car all have carbon fiber skins, but only the robots are colored black and green. Her second skin is named Hot Rod, and for good reason. Echo has been placed in a bright red armor shell while she glows yellow. It's a flashy counterpart to her carbon fiber skin, which is much more under the radar. Both skins will cost 250 gold, and I strongly encourage you to go look at the screenshots of these two, because I actually quite like these two, especially the Hot Rod one. Um, it's quite a departure from all the rest because of the sort of yellow face. It really stands out, whereas the carbon fiber one, like... Uh, Tyler pointed out many, many other characters have that skin or a very similar skin already with the green and black. It reminds me of Orisa's a lot because they're both Omnics, obviously. And finally, we have the legendary skins. Four of Echo's skins sit at the 1,000 gold cost legendary tier. These expensive skins drastically affect the way a hero is seen on the battlefield and are usually the best looking cosmetics out of the bunch. The first two skins available for Echo are more military-themed, aptly called Camo and Stealth. Both skins have her projected face replaced with a target reticle, while her body has been transformed into the perfect battle bot. Both skins are physically similar, but the color scheme differentiates. Camo colors Echo in a desert camouflage with blue glowing parts, while Stealth paints her in a fighter jet style gray with orange glowing parts. These ones, again, are also uh, very cool. Um, I especially like what they did with the wings on these two, because they really do look very um, military stealth aircraft themed kind of thing. And, and the wings that she has are, are very sort of, um, I, mean, I mean, in line with the theme. They're very shaped to look like uh, stealth aircraft. So very cool stuff. Her moth and butterfly skins, on the other hand, are more in tune with nature. Both skins imagine Echo as a member of that specific bug type. Her butterfly skin is colorful and vibrant, while her moth skin is earthly and filled with browns and green browns and green colors. All of these skins are now available on the PTR and will be ready for purchase once she hits the live servers. These two also, I think uh, they did a good job on these two. The moth one, her skin kind of has this blue glow to it, which is really nice and really kind of cool. Oh, actually, that's her butterfly one, sorry. Her moth one actually reminds me a lot of Orisa's nature skin. So, again, seeing, you know, similarities between uh, between Echo's skins and Orisa's. So, good stuff there. And thank you for the breakdown on that, Tyler Esguera. Next up, I want to bring up another article from .esports.com, this time by Liz Richardson, and it reads like this. Hype leaves Paris Eternal retires from competitive Overwatch. Paris Eternal flex support Damien Hype Souville is leaving the team and ending his professional Overwatch career, he announced today. 
Hype cited his, quote, well-being and health, end quote, as reasons for leaving the Overwatch League. Hype has been a part of the Paris Eternal since the team was formed in 2018, when the Overwatch League expanded worldwide and added eight new organizations. He began his career with Gamers Origin, a team that participated in the early days of Overwatch Contenders Europe, and later played for Eagle Gaming. Hype also played flex support for Team France in the 2019 Overwatch World Cup. Go ahead and give Liz's article there a read because she does break down a lot more about uh, where he came from, what he did, um, his past seasons and everything. Um, but she also does have a quote here from Hype himself. Quote, all the players and coaches of the Paris Eternal have been have a great future ahead of them, and I am sure they will continue the very good season we started together, end quote. Very interesting stuff. Um, not entirely unheard of. I think we, you know, not necessarily all the time but it's not uncommon that we see this kind of thing happening in the overwatch league um you know players do have a very very low um i don't know attach rate to the league it seems i think yes there's definitely um there's definitely something to be said about burnout in esports especially with with you know essentially younger younger players this this age and everything um, my wife is actually going to school right now for a sports psychology degree. And one of the things she's looking at a lot is esports because they, uh, this isn't strictly an Overwatch problem. This is also a problem in Call of Duty and League and most esports in general. So sad to see him go, especially with the season that Paris was having. But obviously he's got to do what's best for him. So we wish him all the best. The final story I wanted to bring up here is... I didn't actually pull a story for it. Um, I just who found out who the characters were and wrote it down. So I'm sure you can find it online there. But this is this week's Overwatch competitive hero pool bans. So this week, on the competitive hero pool front, we have Wrecking Ball ban, just like in the Overwatch League bans. We then have Hanzo on the DPS side and Mercy on the support side. But that's it. So actually, one funny thing that I did find on uh, an article about this that Liz Richardson had posted on .esports, she started her, her article by saying, Welcome to the Overwatch competitive hero pools, where the rules are made up and numbers apparently don't matter. And this, of course, is referencing the fact that last week we had six characters banned, with four of them being DPS, and this week we only have three with, you know, one of each. So it's very interesting. Um, I'm not entirely sure why they're why they're jumping around like this so much you know it doesn't it's not necessarily a bad look it's not a good look it's just a confusing look so i'm i'm very shocked and confused about that as for who's actually getting the boot this week um you know similar to the overwatch league i feel i feel similar about wrecking ball um and then hanzo again you know hanzo mccree and widowmaker i think are interchangeable in a lot of ways for for a lot of people or a lot of you know groups teams that people that group up for competitive play so i think someone will flex out of or off of hanzo onto like i say a mccree a widowmaker even ash who doesn't get a ton of play but maybe we'll see her more now in in the overwatch league at least maybe and then mercy again i think mercy has kind of you know fallen out of the meadow we see her we see her somewhat regularly but i think especially with lucio back in and everything we well and i know lucio was on the overwatch league side not the competitive hero bands but i think uh the support character in the competitive hero bands 
makes a little bit less of a difference when there's only one, right? Because it's it's easy to to jump to another character. I don't think a lot of highest or the highest level competitive players are playing Mercy. So, so that's how I feel about that. Now then, that's all I wanted to bring to the table for this week's news stories. There was a bunch of other news going on. Um, shout out to... Um, you know, the Toronto Defiant, I heard that they're, uh, they're facing some layoffs right now, which is not incredibly surprising given everything that's going on. I'm sure many other teams are, are facing a similar thing. Um, you know, with the Vancouver Titans moving their operations back to Korea, I would imagine that many of them have been temporarily laid off and it's just not being reported on. Um, as well as, you know, a lot of the other teams I'm sure are, are facing challenges right now with, you know, with, with traditional sports leagues also not being active right now, you know, a lot of these companies are struggling. Um, so it's not surprising to see that kind of thing. It's just a shame, and it's really too bad that this this was supposed to be the season where obviously the Overwatch League was hosting all of these homestands. You know, we should be seeing, I mean, in you know a matter of a month or so, Vancouver Titans were supposed to have a home game that I was on the edge of my seat, about to buy tickets for, about to buy a flight for, about to buy a hotel for, and now I'm just glad that I didn't pull the trigger, because obviously I would have had to get all that refunded and everything like that. I know, you know, every team is in the same boat here, so I'm sure lots of them are struggling, um, but hopefully the league can continue on through this. Hopefully the online play doesn't struggle too much with performance issues and scheduling issues and things like that. Hopefully they can sort it out and get it to a really stable point so that, you know, if this has to continue to next season, um, they have a plan in place and, and everything. I mean, if anything, this is a really good sort of, you know, I work in the IT world, so a disaster recovery situation where I'm sure they were not planning for this necessarily at the start of the season. But now that they've had to do this once, you better believe if they had to do it again, they would be, uh, in my opinion, a lot faster to pull the trigger and things would go significantly smoother having done it already. But I digress. Now that I don't remember if I said this already, but uh, I would normally go into the owl recap here where I look at the previous week's mass matches and everything. However, if you want that for this previous week, which was week eight, uh, go ahead and check out last episode because I did it there. So I'm going to jump right into Owl Flyanacha, where I look at the upcoming week in the Overwatch League. So let's see here. I'm just going to pull it up along with the standings. Oh, I almost forgot. One other shout out I wanted to do um, to a news not so news story was uh, on the Overwatch League website. We have the power rankings posted by Jonathan Reinforce Larson, where he uh, posts a video of his power rankings each week. And this past week, I just wanted to highlight who he put in the number one position, because of course, it was the Vancouver Titans. Now, in his video, he he talks a lot about how, you know, yeah, you can definitely argue that we don't have enough data points. We've only seen them play in the first week of play, and that's it. However, they won both their two games. They won fairly decisively. Um, not the most decisively, but fairly decisively. And they uh, definitely showcased their skill and showed that they can play in a lot of different metas, right? So I think I think that earned them the top spot on his list. I mean, if, if you watch the video that's posted there, you'll see that's what he explains. That's why they earned the top spot. And then going down from there, I mean, he's got... 
I'm just going to pull it up here. Doo -doo, there it is. He's got Soul in second place with two wins, zero losses again, who just played for the first time this past week. And then dropping down from there, he's got some of the more typical teams that we're seeing with a 5-1 and one record, 4-2 to two record, that kind of thing. So I won't spoil the whole video. I just wanted to highlight that because it's exciting because he has the Vancouver Titans on top. So now let's get into all flying at ya. So actually, and another reason why I wanted to record this episode, when I recorded my previous episode, I noted that if you check the week nine schedule on the overwatchleague.com, sorry, not the overwatchleague.com, overwatchleague.com, there was nothing posted for week nine. So I saw the other day that they announced the schedule for week nine. So I'm going to pull it up here and we're going to check it out. They've actually got week 10 up there. Ooh. They've got week 10 up there too. And the Vancouver Titans are supposed to, oh, supposed to play at 4 a.m and 2 a.m. So they are playing on Korean times. Okay, well, I'm going to disregard that. Forget I said that. We'll talk about that after the end of this next week's episode, whatever. Okay, so week nine is looking like this right now. Let's scroll down a bit here. Saturday, April 4th. We have one, two, three, four, five, five games. First off, at 2 a.m., we have the Shanghai Dragons facing off against the Hangzhou Spark. So again, Chinese teams coming back into play. Um, looking at this one, I mean, Shanghai, as proven by last week, stands a chance, but so does Hangzhou. Um, these are the teams that, of course, you know, lost one game, won one game, right? And then at 4 a.m., we also have the Chengdu Hunters against the Gangzhou Charge, and similar thing. Won one, lost one. So this will be interesting because, you know, maybe we'll see some, some I don't know, winners come out on top. Maybe someone, just because they play on Sunday as well, maybe some, some of those teams will start to win both games. Maybe it'll be the same case as last weekend and it'll be one and one. Who knows? So as I mentioned, we've got Chengdu playing at 4 a.m. against Gangzhou right after that. Um, so I'll just kind of skip over those two for now because that's all I really have to say about them. Right after that, well, not right after, but at 2 p.m., so, you know, quite a few, 12, uh, 12, 10 hours after that, after the previous game, we have the Toronto Defiant playing the Washington Justice. So let's take a quick look at the standings. Toronto and Washington right now have a bit of a rivalry, I mean, maybe not a, a geographic one or anything like that, but Washington is in 15th, Toronto is in 16th. So they're both fighting for a win because if they get that win, I'm just looking, Washington gets the win, they will jump, God, the Overwatch League scoring doesn't make a ton of sense. So Washington has played six games, Toronto has played six games. They've both won two games, lost four games. San Francisco has only played three games, they've won one and lost two. And San Francisco is above both those teams. So that must just be because they've played less games right now. However, if Washington wins one more, they will have a record of three and four. So I think they'll actually stay where they are. But if Toronto wins, Toronto will jump ahead of them. So, you know, there's something to be said about what's on the line there. Um, I, I personally will be pulling for Toronto because I'd like to see them get a couple more wins because um, I think their, their rebuilt team is looking a lot better than last season. Um, however, as, as I say, every time Washington comes up, I'm a fan of Corey. Um, I believe Stratus is on that team as well, and I enjoy his play. So that'll be an interesting one. Fairly even matchup there. Moving on to the game at 4 o'clock, two hours later, we have the Los Angeles Gladiators 
playing against the Dallas Fuel. First time we've seen Dallas Fuel in quite a while since that opening weekend, I believe. The Gladiators are currently sitting in 13th with 1 and 2, while Boston, Boston, sorry, Dallas is sitting at the bottom of the pack with 0 and 2. So Dallas will certainly be looking for a big win there so that they can actually make some moves on the scoreboard. In fact, if they win one, they will actually jump from last place, looks like up to 15th or so, depending on what happens in the game before, obviously. So... That'll be good for them if they can pick up a win there. Um, that said, do I think they can pick up a win? Probably not. I actually like the Los Angeles Gladiators these days. I like their play. I like their team. I think they've got a good thing going. And after coming off a win against San Francisco Shock, the former champions, I think they will be quite pleased or, or quite quite jacked and ready to go, ready to get rip-roaring. Although Dallas, having not played for a while, I'm sure will be excited to get back in the game again too. So, um, I'm going to be cheering for the Gladiators. However, I know Dallas has a rabid fan base there. So, you know, I'll cross my fingers that if LA can't win, Dallas comes out on top. But, I mean, hey, that's the only other option, so I don't know what I'm saying right now. And moving on from there, final game of Saturday, scheduled for 6 p.m. right now. The Los Angeles Valiant are playing the San Francisco Shock. Now, this is an interesting one because, obviously, if I switch back to Week 8, we will see that on Sunday, March 29th, final match of the day, was the Los Angeles Valiant playing the San Francisco Shock. So this is a back-to-back -back weekend, um, um, whatever you want to call it, rematch. That's what I'm looking for. So that'll be a really exciting game. Um, probably, you know, in my opinion, that most exciting game of the day. However, would I have said that last week, not knowing what was going to happen on Sunday? Definitely not. I would not have thought that would be the most interesting game um, of the weekend, but it, there's a high likelihood that it will be. I've got my fingers crossed that, uh, the LA Valiant can pull another win against San Francisco. Right now they're sitting in 11th and San Francisco's in 14th. If San Francisco wins, they will, I think, jump right over the Valiant into 10th. 10th? I don't know. I don't understand this scoring. So anyways, it'll be very interesting, very exciting to see that game because I'm sure San Francisco's blood is boiling after back-to-back -back weekend losses against both LA teams and having a rematch against the Valiant will be, you know, I'm sure they're hoping for some just desserts. So that'll be an interesting one. Moving on to Sunday. Um, again, the 2 a.m. and the 4 a.m. games are the Chinese teams. So 2 a.m. we have Chengdu Hunters fighting the Shanghai Dragons. And at 4 a.m. we have the Gangzhou Charge fighting the Hangzhou Spark. So again, like I said, you know, having not actually watched any of their games so far, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, one team comes out on top or if two teams come out on top, I guess. Um, or if it's a repeat of last week and it's a one-on-one -one match all around. So... Good stuff there. I look forward to seeing how the Shanghai Dragons do because they're probably my favorite team out of the, the group of four there. 2 p.m., we have the Houston Outlaws facing off against the Paris Eternal. Um, I'm sure Paris will be happy to get back at it after a canceled game or two. And the Houston Outlaws are sitting in 18th with a record of 2-5, and five, whereas Paris is sitting in 6th with a record of 4-2. and two. So Houston definitely facing an uphill battle there. I know I was surprised... Back in, I want to say week five, maybe week week six or week four, around week five, when Houston managed to pull out a couple wins there. Um, and so definitely Paris will be a challenge for them. But again, you know, 
both teams, I think, have a, a decent fan base. I know the Houston Outlaws have a rabid fan base. So, you know, wishing all of you the best. Um, I don't have a horse in the game, but I'd put my money on Paris. Looking forward to the 4 o'clock game after that, we have the Philadelphia Fusion fighting the Washington Justice. Now, Philadelphia is currently sitting in fourth with a record of 5-1, and one, but also kind of tied for third with New York, who also has a record of 5-1. and one. So Philadelphia, I think, for me especially, um, maybe not for everyone, but for me, has been a big surprise this season because I don't think they made much happen last season. So I was shocked to see how well they were performing this season. Um, I know uh, certain casters were saying that, you know, they might be the best team in the league. I don't know if I'd go that far yet, um, just because, again, we haven't seen Vancouver and Seoul return to play much. However, actually, are they, is Seoul playing this weekend? No, Seoul is actually not playing. They're the only... Uh, one of those, um, you know, Pacific Asian-based teams that isn't playing. So, interesting. But, um, regardless, Philadelphia, one of those looking like top contenders this season. And, I mean, playing off against Washington, I think it will probably be an easy win for them. However, Washington, you know, not to be underestimated, might be able to pull something out of their sleeve and show them a thing or two. Both teams have six matches played, so... You know, the data points there are fairly even. The final game of the weekend looks to be the Dallas Fuel against the Los Angeles Valiant. So again, we'll, we won't really know where Dallas is going to be sitting at that time because it depends on where they sit at the end of Saturday when they play the other LA team. And I mean, same goes for the Los Angeles Valiant. However, hopefully the Los Angeles Valiant come out with a win against San Francisco on Saturday. And on Sunday, they would be sitting pretty then around the 7th or 8th spot. So if they pull off a win against San Francisco, I'm sure they will be just ecstatic and have a lot of confidence going into that match against Dallas. You know, if Dallas is able to pull out a win against the other LA team on Saturday, though, I'm sure they will feel the same. Very ecstatic to be back in play and ecstatic to have a win under their belt after, you know, being off for so long. But... Ultimately, I'm going to cheer for the other LA and hope that they get two wins. Hopefully, they come out a big winner of the weekend. Um, at the very least, hopefully, they beat San Francisco. San Francisco. But I hope to see them um, come out on top, and that will help them climb the leaderboards up to, uh, like I say, that 7 or 8th spot if they, get, if they get two wins. So good stuff all around. So that's what things look like right now for this upcoming weekend in matches. And I think that should be an exciting weekend. Um, again, lots of games being played because we're playing a bit of catch-up. But ultimately, I don't think many people are complaining. Um, however, some of these times that the games will be played at are complain-worthy where I am from. However, I'm sure a lot of the Asian teams are not incredibly thrilled about the fact that all these other American games are being played um, completely opposite. So so regardless, maybe I'll try and catch a replay um, later on in the day of one of those games that happens in the early morning where I am, and then I can uh, give a little more detailed report on that. So we shall see. That's for sure. But... All of that said, I think that brings this episode to a close. Not a long episode, but uh, I did want to get some of that stuff out there. Um, like I said, try and get back on something of a regular schedule, just because I my recording schedule is all over the place these days. So, 
I'm glad to be back on a Thursday, and I will uh, definitely try and get this up tomorrow before this weekend's upcoming matches, or, or get it up at some point tomorrow, probably late in the day tomorrow. And then I will catch everyone later on uh, next week's episode. So this has been One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. I am Sir Dr. JM. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I've been tweeting more often these days. I tweet about a lot of kind of funny content because I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, however, go ahead and follow me there for all my life and, and to get to know me a little better. Drop me a line if you have any requests, questions, anything like that. And, of course, um, you know, like, subscribe, share, all that normal stuff. Find me on Apple Podcasts. Give us a download. Give us a listen. And reach out, and maybe I'll talk about you on the next episode. Thanks very much, everyone, and have yourself a good weekend in Overwatch.